Hi everyone, my name is Michaela, and this is the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness, where we spotlight stories from our community to uplift the collective consciousness. Thank you for being here and enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. My name is Michaela. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Today I have with me Grace Mackey. If you're familiar with the MVP community, you've probably heard Grace's name before as she has come in and she's lectured for us. Um, She is co-hosting a retreat with Michelle here very soon. Um, So yes, we're so excited to have Grace here today to talk to us a little bit about yoga and mental health. Let's start. How are you this morning? I'm doing pretty well. I love talking about this. So um, I've been pretty excited to to come on here. I'm so excited to have you. It's going to be a great episode. Um, First things first, tell us a little bit about you, what you do, what you like to do, um, how you came to yoga, anything else you want to share? Yeah. So um, I am first and foremost, a psychotherapist, um, but I got into yoga actually right around the time I was starting my program, my program for counseling in my early twenties. And, um, I love psychotherapy. It is what has helped heal me and helped me understand myself and heal from some mental illness since I was like 15 years old. Um, but then when I came in to understand yoga, I went actually my first class, I didn't even like, didn't understand it. I was like, what are we doing laying here at the end? I don't need to lay here. What is this? Um, and then I went back a second time a little bit later and, um, I had that euphoria feeling afterwards and I was like, okay, there's something to this. What's going on here? Um, so since then it's just been practicing. Um, and then I found myself attracted to many different types of things. I found a new therapist in my grad program that was also a yoga teacher focused on mindfulness. And she introduced me to meditation. Um, I actually went to one of her meditation courses kind of in secrecy. I didn't know how other people would react. And I was like keeping it to myself, like would sneak out of the house and go and come back. Cause I thought it was a little, I don't know how to explain it to other people. Um, and it's funny because now I teach it. So, um, anyway, yoga has always been, always had a really special place in my heart. Um, and then when I was doing my hours, my intern hours, um, here in Austin, I moved to Austin about 2017 and, um, I met Michelle at eating recovery center. We were both, I was doing my hours there. She was coming in to do yoga therapy. And, um, I'd always thought about doing yoga teacher training, but, I actually kind of wanted to keep yoga to myself, like my own practice. I was thinking, I don't really, I don't know if I want that to be what I do for work yet, just quite yet anyway. Um, But she was, of course, being, you know, empathic and compassionate, Michelle, like, hey, just come and check it out, take it or leave it, come see if you like the training. And so I did. And I took the first 200 hour. And um, since then we've just built a really beautiful relationship of sharing mental health and yoga and how to blend the two. Um, and so I think I took that question a little farther than maybe you asked, but (laughs) that is, that's kind of where I find blending the two is it's taken me a little longer to figure out how to do it. But now that I know how and how they blend so beautifully together, um, it's, it's my thing. That's really awesome that y'all met. I didn't realize that's how y'all met. That's really great. Um, Mm -hmm. So you moved to Texas in 20 or to Austin in 2017. Were you in Texas before that still? 
Yes. Um, okay. Born and raised Texan. I grew up in Dallas awesome. um, and yeah, moved here. I have family here. So I've been in and out most of my life, but never actually lived here until around then. Okay. Awesome. Just curious. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. that's awesome. When, how, how long did it take you to come around? Do you think to the idea of like actually taking that step of coming into teacher training? Cause I'm sure it was hard to kind of let go of that. Like I'm protecting this, my personal practice, like for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so I started practicing for myself. Let's see. It probably was around five, six, six years of practicing by myself. And really, I mean, I was doing it all the time. It was just, it was my thing. Everyone knew grace is like loving yoga. Um, and, and so when I took the training, um, we actually kind of shared, so she helped me or she, you know, I, I did the training through Michelle and then I would help her with some of her curriculum to help input or just have a mental health lens around it basically so we helped each other in that and that's kind of what got me started but honestly actually after taking that first 200 hour I didn't really use it as much in terms of like I didn't teach right away um I didn't teach you know group classes or anything like that I kind of I kind of was put to the side I mean it was part it was for me but it was put to the side for a little bit um just really as I focused on getting my private practice up and going um and would dabble in it here and there. And I would come and, um, take a little bit more training from Michelle and things like that. But then when she started doing yoga therapy is when I started to become engaged a lot more and started to incorporate more with my clients. Um, and I found even just having that idea of, of leading them through a mindfulness practice or a meditation practice, helped actually implement some of the things I was talking about. Cause I'd be talking about these things, right. But it's very different to understand it and to know it and to actually practice it. And so then I started going in, um, to yoga therapy. So it, it took me a little bit to really understand how to blend the two. I was like, I'm not going to lead my clients through, you know, an hour of vinyasa practice. Cause I can just go to a class and this is not that this is therapy. So, um, yeah, I, so I, I really love this personally because I had heard about yoga before, but I was in therapy, um, regular therapy with my favorite therapist I've ever had, who I don't get to see anymore, unfortunately, but that's okay. Um, and she brought up the idea to me. She was like, you know, what if you tried it again? And at that point it was like, I'm not doing anything. I don't want to move my body. I'm depressed. I, I, I don't have the wherewithal or the motivation or the energy to do that. Um, but she, a gentle, a gentle prod occasionally like, Hey, have you tried it? Like, here's a new thing that here's a new 10 minute practice I can share with you. Or like, can we like breathe together or something? And so it was really my therapist who Mm. made that connection for me. So I love that you incorporate that with your clients. Yeah. Definitely. It's, um, it, it helps really, truly understand how yoga helps when bringing into the therapy room, um, really placing that practice on yourself and empowering yourself to help you feel better, really just at its core, just to feel better. Right. And, um, and so it's, doesn't just help you figure out, you know, maybe why you're here and go into your past, which therapy is a big part, which is a big part of therapy, but to really, truly help empower you with the skills and the tools to help you sit with whatever's going on and to help you move through it. That's 
that's what I've taken from it is, is the skills, the tools, the practices, um, and some of the, the, the spirituality component for sure to it. Um, and I only introduce that if that is appropriate and the client is willing and wanting for sure. So. I really love that. I feel like yoga is really is the most beautiful example of like, take what you need, leave the rest. And it's okay. If you don't want it, I'm not mad. You're not mad. We're all good. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, so what does, what, because for me, as someone who's done a lot of training and someone who's spent lots of hours in therapy. And so has done a little bit of both. I see the parallels in therapy and psychology in that realm specifically with yoga. What does yoga, how does yoga and mental health relate for you? What does that mean for you? So, um, there's this quote that I've kind of stuck to, um, yoga is not just change the way we see things. It transforms the person who sees by BKS Iyengar. And I think that encompasses it so much is kind of what I was saying or getting to at least before of it does start to shift how you see yourself and others and really humanity as a whole. And when we can do that, that's such a different shift than, um, it's a different shift than sitting in therapy and trying to work through, um, some of your past and what's been going on, which I see value in both completely. That's why I love the blend is because when we can do that, when we can blend both really, truly digging and understanding whether it's trauma, anxiety, depression, any kind of like addiction or disorder, anything is trying to help understand that. But then there does come a time where your conception um, of yourself and of others in the world starts to shift because of what you've been learning. And so yoga really encourages to listen inward and pay attention to our nervous system and to ourselves. And so when we can blend that mind body connection, that's such a, I'm going to explain that actually, because that's such a, um, common phrase, right? Mind body connection, right? But really what we're getting at is if we can become aware more of our internal feelings, sensations, thoughts, um, physical, I already said sensations, but if we can become aware of those, then we can actually help ourselves. And that's what yoga helps us do. So even if you are a very beginner and you're starting off, just going to your first class of vinyasa, whatever asana physical practice class, you're starting to understand how to pay attention to your physical awareness, your, your body, your internal workings the thoughts that come up when you're in a pose, it's really hard and difficult, right? And you don't want to do it. What kind of thoughts are, what are you saying to yourself? The physical sensations, the maybe uneasiness that happens. And through yoga, you're gently taught to listen to that, right? And so that's, that's interoception when we can listen to that. And then through therapy, we can understand basically what to do with it. So um, yoga puts a really strong emphasis on Svadhyaya, right? Self-study, which I think is huge and, um, helping yourself and moving through something doesn't just happen one hour in therapy. So much of it happens outside of therapy. And that's why I love that idea of 
really putting that commitment into yourself um, in a way that feels right. You know, I'm not going to give you like a 10 step process to do every day because that is usually unattainable and then just creates more guilt and shame. But to really meet you where you are using whatever practices help, committing to that to yourself helps build an internal confidence. Um, it's kind of how I see it. You, you bring up a really interesting point for me personally. Um, I didn't really know what I liked to do. So I remember my therapist asking me, what do you like to do? What do you enjoy? What makes you feel good? But I didn't know, like you're saying, I didn't have that mind body connection. So I didn't understand the, what, what, what I was doing that was helping. I didn't know. I was just going through the motions and, and doing the things. Um, and so it was, it was through understanding that I can try something and I can pay attention to how it makes me feel, even if I don't know how to put a name to it. Mm -hmm. That was most important. Exactly. And that question is so hard sometimes. Like, what do you like? What helps you feel good? Right. What, what can you do for yourself? That is such a hard question. If you're so far from that, I remember feeling that way. I actually just had multiple clients. I talked to about that, about this, this week of, I don't know, I don't know what to do, you know? And so there has to be some suggestions, but oftentimes it has to be a trial and error of like trying something, some things are going to work, some things are not. And that's not going to, that's also going to be today, next month, next year it might be different. Yeah. Which is such a beautiful ref reflection of, you know, the kind of backbone of what we see in yogic philosophy of try it. If it works for you. Cool. If it doesn't work for you. Cool. Yeah. Move on and try something else. Um, so next question. As you started to really understand the parallels or the ways in which, like you said, you could really marry the two or combine the two. Is that when you started to bring it into your clients and how did they respond? If you can share just generally. Yes. So, um, for myself, I had to really get clear on how yoga fit into the therapy world because for me, there was a very deep spiritual component to it that has really fulfilled me, but that's not my place to put that on other people. Right. So I had to really understand and, and kind of decipher what is it about this yoga philosophy, yoga practice, the whole thing that, that I wanted to bring in. Um, and so I really have just started with bringing in mindfulness. I was a meditation breath work, um, the pause and sitting with things and the ability to do that and giving you skills to understand it. And so um, that, if we take that and really distill it down is what we're doing is working with our nervous system. And that's where I've blended the two and have met in the middle. So um, I'm trying to figure out if I should go straight into nervous system, but so, um, at the core, if we are 
feeling too anxious, if we're feeling too depressed, right? In yoga, that's going to be too rajas or too tamas energy. Um, we are not in a secure place with our body, which is we are not in a resting relaxation place with our nervous system. Our nervous system is too stressed out in the stress response. There's other names for that, but if we just call it stress and relaxation, it makes it easy. So the stress response, um, oftentimes we can get really stuck in that. And when we get stuck in that, we aren't thinking clearly. Um, our actions do not help us. We create negative patterns within ourselves, within our relationships, and we get stuck. And that's oftentimes where I hear people are like, I don't understand. I get some of these things. Like I, I can cognitively understand maybe, you know, how my family life has incorporated, how the trauma I've gone to has, has gotten me here. Well, why can't I do anything? Why can't I, why am I not changing? It's so frustrating. Um, and oftentimes it's because we aren't actually shifting our body's awareness and our nervous system because we hold all those experiences in our bodies and our body acts before anything really. Um, so a lot of my work and blending and bringing it to clients is one, educating them around this, educating them around the nervous system, because I think knowledge is power. So yes, understanding this is super important and helping yourself through it is important too. So I'll even in session notice someone either talking really fast or getting a little anxious or the opposite, like really shut down, sitting back in their chair, totally either not wanting to be here or just, you know, having a hard day and like not wanting to talk about it. Um, and so that's when I'll introduce some sort of, Hey, I'm noticing, you know, X, Y, and Z and noticing something, you know, this is going on with you. Would you be open to a practice? And that could be my kind of go-tos are, um, some type of internal integration meditation, which means, um, basically meeting you where you are with whatever parts showing up, whether that's anger, frustration, sadness, grief, anxiety, going in and feeling what that feels like and working with it there. So I'm guiding you through that. Um, that might mean even just a basic grounding meditation and learning different breathing techniques to work with that. So, um, the nervous system is getting a lot of hype these days, especially and well, kind of in all self-help arenas, but especially in psychology and therapy. And so I've realized that so many yoga practices, especially when you're trauma informed can help with that. And that's where I blend the two together. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, you know, this is something that I hadn't really thought about until we're having this conversation, but it feels like, of course it is because therapy is learning about yourself. You you have someone who's there, who's objectively holding space for you so that you can work through these things. Um, that's exactly what Svadhyaya is. That's exactly what we do on the mat. We put ourselves in these places and we notice why am I telling myself that this is hard and I don't want to be here anymore. Like, mm -hmm. so it's, it's a very, it's a very beautiful parallel. I think. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> some of the first times that I started to learn how to talk to myself was on my mat in a class. Yes. I had probably heard it from a therapist and from, for some reason it just, it clicked there. Right. And that happens for anyone. It just different time, different place clicks. I can talk to a client about something for many sessions. And then 
and it never really clicks. And then one time they come in and they say, oh, my friend told me about this book and it talks about X, Y, and Z. And it really helps me. And I'm like, okay, whatever works. If it does, great. But that is what we've been talking about. <laughs> so it was kind of the same with me. I remember specifically a teacher saying something, I think we were in warrior three and I was, you know, coming out of it and wobbly. And at that time I was struggling with obsessive exercise and starting with my eating disorder. And so I remember her saying, um, laugh at yourself. If you come out of it, it's okay. Come back in or don't whatever you want to do. And I was like, Oh, I can do that. You know, I can talk to myself differently. I can give myself permission to not be what I should be or think I should be. Right. So, um, yeah, that, that compassion, exactly what you said is like, take what you want, leave it. Don't, um, it's so much about just being you and meeting yourself where you are. You're totally right. There's absolutely something about, there's something that has to happen, I guess, in context or something so that when they hear the information that time, it just, it sticks with them. Um, but as I'm starting to like sit in trainings with Tara and Michelle and stuff like that, I, I notice it uh, that they'll have for some reason, not taken anything. I shouldn't say anything, not taken a concept from the training, but then they come in and they're like, oh my gosh, I tried this thing and it was amazing. Have you tried it? And you're like, oh yes, it's also called this. And that's what I was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, What's your favorite, personally, what's your favorite yogic practice that you use when you need a little bit of like that integration, like you said? Mm. <clears throat> right now, um, working with opposites, um, that's been super powerful for me to, because also because I've dealt a lot with chronic pain and which originates in the brain. And so if I'm, for example, having pain somewhere, and I know that it's, it's my chronic pain that's showing up. It's not like I injured myself necessarily. It's not something that, you know, I need to go see a doctor about, um, cause I've seen plenty of doctors, um, that I can use that opposite of thought of going internal meditating, saying, okay, I have pain in my left hip where do I not have pain in my body, my right ear, right? And doing opposites there and going back and forth and back and forth and neutralizing that pain um, or neutralizing just the feeling, right? So then it's not even called pain anymore. Um, learning to work in that way. And yoga nidra actually has become really special to me. Even a short little practice, like in the middle of the afternoon when I'm super tired, I will do a guided yoga nidra and I wake up feeling amazing. Yeah. That's really interesting because that's one of my favorites right now too, hmm. which I never really thought of because I was also someone who was very like compete with myself. That's why I started doing vinyasa mm-hmm. out of all the other forms. Cause it was like, yes, this is where I can push myself. Um, and so now it's the other challenge, the challenge of the internal that I crave, which I enjoy that shift personally. Mm-hmm. It's leading me, leading me into the, the, the non-attachment, which I don't feel like I was able to do when I was not 
this integrated. Exactly. And, you know, that's an interesting point is, yes, I, my yoga practices look so different these days. Um, I don't have a, I guess I shouldn't say of traditional, regular asana vinyasa practice that I do as much. It's more of true intuitive movement and a lot more of internal, whether that's breath, meditation, um, reflection. It's so much more of that these days. Um, I just did a, another podcast episode with someone recently, um, and we were talking about, you know, the shift that's kind of happening right now where we're moving into like a care culture and not just like a superficial care culture, like a bath bomb and a pedicure and a, you know, it's like a Lizzo's new album. She says something like, how are you healing? Like, that's what we're seeing, right? We're seeing this like shift in holding space for each other to do this healing. Do you see this shift as well? Yes, I do. And sometimes I question though, um, is this just the world I'm in? Cause it's truly the world I'm in, right? I'm surrounded by some of my closest friends are therapists and surrounded in the yoga community, mental health community. So I have a hard time knowing, is this real? Is this everywhere? Is this just my world? Um, you know, I don't want to be naive thinking this is everyone, right? Cause I, I mean, I know it's not, um, but I do, I do know that yes, there is a big shift. For instance, when I first started learning meditation, that was seven years ago. I don't even know, eight years, something like that. And um, I might have been a little closed off to it and, and careful, right, more than needed. But at the same time, I don't think that would be the case now. Like meditation classes or yoga classes or groups, right, are so much more mainstream that um, I don't know if people feel the need to hide that as much, you know, because it's too out there or something. A shift in perspective. I am so sorry. <laughs> Got too excited. My hands. Uh, a shift in perspective. Yes, absolutely. Um, yes. I feel myself when people ask me what I do, I feel a lot less like I'm about to be judged when I say, oh, I'm in yoga full time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yes, yes, I do have a degree that I don't use. I'm in yoga full time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is. There's a shift of of kind of taking charge of your own health, right? And your especially mental health, um, which is amazing and so needed. Um, so I don't know how much it's just because the past two years, or it's more of just, this is what's needed, probably a combination of both, but definitely there's been a shift. So what would you say the biggest benefit, if you could pick one, or I won't, I won't box you in that much. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll say three. If you could pick a few of the top benefits of, of yoga in someone's journey with their mental health, I mean, we've talked about some a little bit, but if you can give me a, a little list. The self-awareness, just, just even that, just self-awareness and the self-awareness of mind and body connection. It's at the core. It is 
so needed. If you're not aware of something, you can't do anything with it, right? You can't be with it. You can't understand it. Um, and, you know, I said before, I mean, the self-study, the, the learning about yourself is such a huge part of it. Not only just yourself, but also yourself in relation to others and universe, the world, society. Um, and really that is increasing your consciousness and everyone else's consciousness. And so, yeah, that, I mean, I think hands down, that is really one of the biggest benefits because if I was just to distill it down that awareness, um, not of ourself and our patterns and of our patterns with others helps us become healthier within ourselves and which our highest and best interest of ourselves is always the highest and best interest of others. So you helping you is you helping everyone else too. Yeah. I really like that you highlighted too, um, the, the start with the individual before we start to then look at like your relation to self, to of self to others, because I mean, until I was right with myself, that my relation to with myself to others was part of how I was like hurting my relationship with mm-hmm. myself. So until I, you know, sat with that and moved forward. So I really appreciate that you drew that, that kind of parallel. Um, so the awareness, mind, body connection, um, and that's Vajaya, just starting to develop that, that like connection with self. Mm-hmm. Cause it's also those are so approachable too. I mean, it can be a little vast and abstract of great, but what does that mean? Where do I start? (laughs) Right. But at the same time, really at the core, I mean, that's where we do start with any kind of yoga practice. Um, it's also some of the most important parts. I mean, I think that's, um, that's why like the yamas and niyamas are at the beginning, right? Because we do want to focus on those, importances of ourself and others, um, before doing anything else. Yes. Beautiful point. We, yes. Love that. Absolutely. Um, the major importance of the internal work before the external work. Yes. So with that in mind, then what are some small ways that people listening might be able to incorporate practices that are more accessible, like maybe they don't have the time to go to an hour long class or they don't have the resources to make it to um, therapy in their area or they're looking for a therapist or whatever. What are some small practices that people can take just to self-regulate? Um, so depending on really truly what's going on with you, but um, <clears throat> educating yourself meaning literally picking up a podcast or a book um, in this arena. And the combination of that with starting truly with some basic mindfulness. So get an app, actually YouTube free, right? Go on and look at five to 10 minute practices of being able to tune in to yourself in a basic mindfulness practice. Um, <clears throat> there's you know plenty of apps and things that do it, but the ability to start with that. Sometimes it can be scary. That can be a big deal. People are like, I'm not good at that. I can't handle it. I don't know what to do. Um, but that's your work starting to connect the mind and the body and connecting your awareness. 
is just truly becoming aware of what's present with yourself right now. If you're a writer, grab a journal and write it out. Um, listen to something that helps resonate with you, um, whether you're struggling in relationships, whether you're struggling with depression, anxiety, um, eating disorders, it, it, trauma, whatever it is, look at look into something that you know you're going to resonate with um, and try a few different things out. I know that's kind of abstract. I mean, not abstract, but it's general. Um, my brain wants to be like, okay, tell me what's going on and then I'll give you, you know, the things to help. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think just starting there. Um, and I will say this is that, yes, if you, you know, don't have access or can't make regular therapy happen or, you know, going to a regular vinyasa class or, or yoga class in general, um, because the day and age, there's such a focus on health and wellness. There are a lot of, um, short little, um, online courses or things you can even start with. I mean, I've done tons. I'm such a learner. Um, I'm always doing some kind of training or something, and it's not just for practitioners at all. Um, truly for anyone. And so there's just such a movement to do that now, um, that it's everywhere. So just start to learn. learn. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I love <laughs> that. Um, I'm a big learner too. And I'm a big proponent of like those free little courses that you can mm -hmm. find from like big universities because they're out there. Yes. Who will just give you this information, which is, I think is great. Um, so thank you for that. That's a great tip. Um, anything else that you would like to share before we part ways for today? Yes. One thing, um, not something we totally touched on, but oh, it goes with everything is that something else that yoga in, emphasizes and, and psychology as well, is that this whole practice and learning about yourself and others and healing is more about the journey. So much more about the journey than the destination. Um, I know that can be kind of a cliche, but it's so, so true. Um, I, myself included, and so many of my clients I talk with get so frustrated when we're not where we want to be, when we're not, you know, better in the way that we think we should be. Um, but we, in doing that, we actually ignore where we've come, the progress we've made, all the knowledge of ourselves that we've gained. And so if we can see this as a practice of the journey. And as I will always remember from being taught first by Michelle is remembering and forgetting. It is such a practice of remembering and forgetting. Um, I always come back to that because it's just so true when I'm so frustrated and, and like just upset that I'm struggling again. And I can remember that like, oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot this practice that I can do. I forgot this, you know, journey that I'm on, right? It's, it's not about that exact Zen place that we want to get to. It's it's so much about the journey. Thank you so much for sharing. I know you said you have um, a course in the works. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I do. And I will say, I didn't bring up courses earlier as a segue into my, no. No, um, uh, but I truly, truly like there's so much out there. Um, but yes, I am. Um, I will be launching a course in a few weeks, actually in August. And it's called own your mental health. And it kind of talks a lot about 
what we've talked about today, but um, more specifically helps you understand yourself and your nervous system. Truly incorporates nervous system work. And each module has a little bit of like a lecture to help you understand um, the material. And then I go into actual practices. So there'll be some meditation, there'll be some breath work, there'll be some physical practices. Um, I even go into the vagus nerve a little bit that works with the nervous system. Um, I go into integration of parts. So the whole point of this course <clears throat> is to help you gain more confidence with working with yourself, with sitting with some of those emotions, help you feel less anxious when there's something going on, you don't know what to do with it. When you're feeling so pain, so much pain or frustration is to help you build the skills in your toolbox to learn how to handle some of these things when you're on your own. And now that's not to say that, you know, you should be able to heal everything on your own because we completely need support, but this is part of that support toolkit basically. Um, and it goes beautifully if you were to pair it with therapy or if you were to start it on your own before going into it. So it's a beautiful blend of therapy and yoga. Um, and it's so, it's just all of the practices that I, I want to just teach everyone. And if you can understand these things, it's such a base foundation, rich foundation to help you move through, um, your own therapy journey, your own journey of life. So, yeah. So where will we be able to find this course when it comes out? Um, I will, I'm guessing we can link probably here. So I'll have it up on my website. I'll be talking a lot about it on my social media. Um, so both areas, social media and website, I'll have a lot of information on both. Awesome. Okay. So for the listeners, um, I will have all of that information in the description for you. So you don't have to go and find it yourself. Um, we'll have Grace's social, we'll have her website and anything else that you would like to, for us to link there. Um, thank you so much for your time, your space and your wisdom and your energy. Um, it's been so fun to share this time with you. Thanks, Michaela. I really enjoyed it. Let's connect and maybe talk again on the podcast. Um, otherwise, have a beautiful rest of your day. Listeners, have a beautiful rest of your day, and we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks.